Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The word of our God that we consider this Christmas morning is a portion of today's gospel from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. In the name of our newborn Savior, dear fellow children of God, If you have held a sleeping newborn in your arms, you likely had some time to do a little thinking. As you counted ten little fingers and ten tiny toes, you likely marveled that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalm writer says. And as you looked at that little one on your lap, you perhaps wondered what they would grow up to be. What kind of personality would they have? What kinds of talents? What might they be able to accomplish in their life? What happy occasions? What difficult days might they face? So much to consider when you think about the life of a little one. On this Christmas morning, our attention is drawn to one who is newly born and wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And there is so much for us to consider. As Mary and Joseph saw his little hands and listened to his infant cries, they knew that his birth was like no other birth in human history. This little one's life began not only nine months earlier in Mary's womb, This is the one whom the prophet Micah said his origins are from of old, from ancient times. That newborn baby is also the eternal God who has been alive forever. Listen to what the Bible says about him and describes him here. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Gospel writer John calls Jesus the Word. We use words to let others know what we are thinking and what we are like. God communicates what he is like and what he is thinking about us through the birth of his Son, the Word who became flesh. What child is this? This little one who does not have strength even to lift up his head at that point is still the almighty creator of the universe. The one who is present everywhere fit himself into a tiny baby's body that could be held in Mary's arms. How this can be is beyond our ability to understand. But by God's grace, we believe that the true God became truly human. And why would the holy and eternal Son of God 
choose to make himself so small and weak? Why would he leave the glories of heaven to take his first nap in a smelly animal feed trough, a place where we would never want our own children or grandchildren to be placed? Why would he come here and become one of us when he knew all of the pain and all of the insults and all of the unjust suffering that he would face? Why? The only possible answer is love. Something far deeper than sentimental feeling love. Love that wants only the best for us. Love that is willing to pay any price so that we might be his own. And we need this little one to do this because each of us has gone our own way. The way of sin that leads away from God. That is a way of darkness and danger that results in death. We see the darkness of shameful sin and how it can invade even a happy time like Christmas. We might compare a gift that we received with a gift that someone else received and then wonder why their gift seems a little nicer than the one that we unwrapped. The peace and the joy of a family gathering can be interrupted by somebody's rude remark. Or maybe it was our lips that spoke some words that would have been better left unsaid or spoken in a kinder tone of voice. And what about other sinful actions and desires of the past that we would rather forget about or somehow would want to have undone? But we know that God, who knows all, knows our sins better than we can ever remember. Too often, we have left the path of light of God's will and scurried into that darkness of sin. And our Savior knew all of our sins, even before he chose to be born in Bethlehem even before the creation of the world. He knew all of the dark and shameful deeds of human history, all of the wars and injustice, all of the unfairness and selfishness and sexual immorality, all of the rejection of God's holy will. He saw all of that darkness, and he didn't turn away. He chose to enter that darkness. He chose to come into that darkness to rescue us undeserving, perishing sinners and to bring us back to his love so that we may live in his life and light. And to do this, he could not keep his distance from us. The Son of God became truly human and made his dwelling among us. He knows what life is like for us. Because he lived here too. He faced pain and hunger and grief. He knows what temptation is like. The devil relentlessly tempted him, trying to mislead him, offering him an easy way to happiness. The same ways the devil tempts us and so often succeeds. 
but he did not succeed with Jesus. Jesus lived without even one sin. He was born of a woman and born under God's law. He obligated himself to obey it, to redeem us, to pay the price to ransom us from our sin and from death. That price required his perfect life of obedience, lived in our place as he achieved for us what God demands of us all. And the price to redeem us demanded still more. He had to die to pay the deadly wages of sin. The true Son of God who does not die became human so that he could die. Just think about that. If we could live without having having to die, would any of us choose to become able to die? The Son of God did that for us. He was born to bleed and to die on a cross. He knew exactly how painful that would be, and still he chose to come. Because in his love for us, he wanted only one thing for us, that we might receive adoption to sonship, that by faith in his saving life and death, we might be his children forever. No longer are we trapped in the darkness of sin. Our Heavenly Father declares us not guilty because this little one was born to be declared guilty in our place. No longer do we need to fear God's judgment over our sins because this little one was born to be judged in our place. In this little one, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger, we have God's gift of peace because God says it is so. He sent his angels to proclaim that peace to those on whom his favor rests. God's favor rests on you. Of that, there is no doubt at all. How can we know? The angel says, this is for you. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Not just for others, not just for most, but for you. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done or have not done, the Word became flesh for you. The Son of God was born to live and to die and to rise from death for you to be God's child forever. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Because God says it is so. God says that loudly and clearly in the birth of his Son the Word who became flesh and lived among us. So on this Christmas morning, take a careful look at that baby wrapped in cloth and lying in the manger. That small space easily holds his tiny body. But notice the glory 
that overflows from that manger. We are blessed to see the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Earlier in a hymn verse, we sang, And who could be the same for having held the infant in their arms and later felt the wounded hands and sighed, all doubts dispelled? Who could but sigh, Emmanuel? Who could but shout, Emmanuel? Look at that little one in the manger. As you listen to his infant cries, hear the voice of God that speaks comfort to your heart in his holy word. See those hands that carried your sins to the cross. Hands that now securely hold you and your future. See this little one who one day was wrapped in cloth and laid in a grave so that your grave cannot hold you forever. See the one who came to live with you here so that you may live with him forever in heaven. What child is this? He is the Word made flesh. The Savior has been born to you. Merry Christmas.